Hello, welcome to Lit KC. I'm your host, Jason Prue. Today, my guest is the poet, performer, publisher, prankster, Jason Reberg. Jason has written more books than I have fingers and toes. Jason runs Spartan Press out of Kansas City, Missouri. And with Spartan, he's published more books than people I think I talk to on a regular basis. He's a hell of a tale spinner. In this episode, we talk time well spent in Lawrence, Kansas. We talk the oddities of publishing and being a small publisher and what that entails. The weather is bringing me down and then bringing me up and then bringing me down. In Kansas City, as you well know, we have four seasons. And sometimes all four seasons happen in one single day. Here he is, folks. Jason Reberg. Ethically perturbed. you know. So they're <laughs> adding a little bit on, well, but they're keeping the profit? Well, your profit with them does not change no matter, period, no matter period. what they, they will Even if they undercut you. So they may start sell it for less. You still get the agreed Whatever, upon amount. Okay. What I think most of it is, is it's other affiliated booksellers who tack on well what they'll say is it's $18 but it's free shipping from California it's like okay that's that's somewhat reasonable it's just that a lot of these books for some reason they're not listing at the base price of what they're supposed to the retail price and I'm not that bunched up about it it's just there was a couple of my authors I think were just a little bit confused by the whole process so I'm just trying to hash it out myself and both of these giant you know faceless uh automated companies are basically telling me there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> it's just part of the machine. It's, it's, yeah. it's capitalism at work, baby. And, uh, yeah. And I, and, and it's, it's like, Hey, you know, as long as you're not undercutting you, what are you worried about? And, um, and you know, if you, if you think about it, I mean, I've mailed enough books off to where you go down to the post office and you buy one of those little cheapo mailers. That's two to $3. Yeah. Then, Basic shipping is probably, you know, even medium mails like another. So when that, when somebody on there is saying, you know, fourteen seventy five and the book should be selling at 12 this is such a mundane topic you stumbled in upon, they're including the shipping. Yeah. So it's not, you know, and they, but some of them get a little crazier, like 18 19 something like, I, you know, maybe those people only ship in those big expensive mailers i don't know but uh it's it's all part of the learning process is i'm i've never really navigated amazon and other online booksellers before like this and the, the printing company that i use the minute our titles go live they're available on 10 or more different booksellers around the world so that me and and i don't have to do any of the work so if somebody sees, you know, Melvin Litton's book, and recently we just did From the Bone, they type it up, it's on Amazon, it's on Barnes & Noble, it's on Ex Libre. Amazon is gouging a little bit more, but uh, they they take the credit card, send it to the printer, printer puts the book together, slaps it up, sends it out. I don't do any of that, and then I get the cut of the money later. So they pay monthly? Uh, you know, it's it's it's... It's in some type of irregular cycle. How long um, have you been running a Spartan? Uh, as like the head monkey, about five or six years, but I've been involved off and on for 
15. I How mean, did it start? Will Latham. It probably started longer, longer than that ago uh, when we were across the street at 1717 and literally started with stapling books together and uh, doing series of books similar to the pop series, similar to the Kanza project that I'm doing this year. Uh, we'd pick, it was a monthly series, and we'd line all the poets up, and we had, like, I think one artwork for all of them. <laughs> you know, we'd pick Just change the, and change, change the, 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 name. the graphic name. I was like, shouldn't we maybe... No, we're branding. Okay, all right, branding, I get it. And, uh, and we did that for years with just stapling. And we probably did our first, you know, Perfect Bound book in 2001. I believe it was a book of essays about 9-11. Um, that I'm drawing a blank on the title right now. And then after that, the next was, a, was one of mine, uh, a book called Devil's Dice and Car Parts. And those were our first, you know, and from that point on, we kind of never really looked back. And we just went with flat spine, perfect bound yeah. binding, you know, ISBNs, library. You know, it's just, it's, and there's nothing wrong with starting at the other end. I, you know, you see beautiful handmade oh, yeah. books from that. There's, it's just, it's a little bit more, you just kind of, you reach this point where, okay, I'm hesitant to say you're playing with the big boys now, but uh, most booksellers like retail, if, if they're not, if their heart isn't in helping <laughs> really small presses. Uh, stapled spines are a nightmare yeah. in a use in a bookstore. You know they have to be displayed in some, so the faces are showing. But you know inevitably those books have to go to a shelf and there's nothing. And who would have thought of something as banal of a of a logistical issue like that? That's that's essentially where we decided. You know from now on out we're only doing them this way. And you know they do kind of there's a there's a little bit more of a professional looking prestige to them but i'm a big fan of the uh zine culture I world punk rock about oh yeah and, books or so. but then you know what there's a ton of them out there that do not look punk or diy they look i mean they are beautiful and you know like there's uh i think there's uh, annually here or there's a uh zine con that they've had over on uh, grand at the old the old punk club there and I've, I've wandered through there almost every year and just blown away and um a lot of them i can tell are they're handmade in some capacity yeah, they got the letterpress covers yeah, yeah. i mean it, they're beautiful and i you know what i think that should be uh and then like uh, some friends of ours out of uh ohio uh night ballet press they've done hundreds of books they're beautiful and they pretty much only do some form of you know saddle stitching or staple and and still really good looking books and they run a more professional tight ship than Spartan <laughs> I want to ask you about that in a minute but I also I want to ask does do you or will or someone have a copy of every book that Spartan's put together Oh you had to ask Um allegedly yeah in uh, the vault of sub basement number three, um, Will is a little bit more of a mindful uh, archivist than I am. I'm trying to go back and uh, recoup things that I don't have, but I mean, I think we're at somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 plus books. 
Um, I mean, I did 38 last year, and I'm probably going to do 40 plus this year. Yeah, why do you, so that's, that's, why, why do you do that to yourself? That's so You know, it's books. amazing what you can get done if you don't watch television or have a social life. <laughs> I mean, just take those two things right out of there. Uh, you know, um, that's, that's a several drink discussion. I can probably try to boil down some kind of absurdo reductum idea. You know, I, you know, I kind of hit early middle age, and I, you know, you get you have that existential crisis of looking back on time spent, and you know, I'm kind of go, you know, I feel like I probably flushed ten years of my life down the tube in some way or another, um, and you know, that's not a that's not a fair thing to do to oneself to beat oneself up, but yeah. I looked at it in terms of output, you know, I mean, that's all just part of the journey. The misadventures, the adventures, the money. Oh, think about all that money you had to spend on alcohol or whatever, things like that. And it's like, yeah, you know, I don't torture myself with it. But I just kind of thought, you know, I need to ramp up my game now that I've hit the 4-0. And I'm into the weeds of the 4-0s now. And that's, I think, some of the irrational motivation or subconscious motivation to just stoke the flame yeah. and produce. It's to, like... You know, man, what was I doing for that block of time? What was I? I could have been doing more, especially in the last couple of years. We sort of stumbled upon a formula that we all kind of did the collective, you know, forehead slap of why weren't we doing this before? And I have to really credit um, Jeanette Powers for discovering this and patiently explaining it over and over again to our sort of incredulous, you know, uh, expressions of pay it forward method and to my knowledge and I, I know a fair amount of small presses around the country that I've gotten to know over the last decade or more and I don't know of many of them that use this method or they, they might use some variation on it but in the last four five years uh, that our productivity has ramped up exponentially because we've started um you know, Spartan used to be dependent on what I call, we had a handful of rich uncles back in the day. You had some uh, some patrons who would... Yeah, yeah, literally people who were well enough off and um, enjoyed giving to the arts and they enjoyed, they liked the idea that they were kind of funding this sort of dissident, you know, punk DIY thing, which I don't know how much we ever were that. We were just poor. Uh, and they were friends of the bookstore um, and... So we would, we would use them, and then we kind of, as you know, belts belts tighten as they do with the economy. Uh, even wealthy people kind of get a little nervous and shaky, and the purse strings kind of, whoop, you know. Uh, we kind of resorted to exploring the crowdfunding, crowdsourcing methods of, that have, of the last decade now, I guess, of people doing that and. A little bit of success at that, but that's 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 an exhausting game, man. And here and there, fortunate enough with some grants, uh, I've been lucky over the years with state, local, even a, a little bit of federal funding. But once again, that stuff really dried up over the the Bush years and never really completely, you know. Um, and especially since I was working more more than not out of the state of Kansas. You know, where they killed their arts and humanities 
programs and have only recently started digging themselves up out of the grave. And admirably so. There's actually a lot going on in Kansas that people may not be aware of. In terms Central of funding Kansas. for arts? Just, um, you know, I'm not saying they're doling out candy by the big ladleful, but people, there's a lot of, I'm from Salina originally, and Salina's always had a oddly liberal fifth column and uh, really strong. Where uh, does that come from in Salina? Is there uh, a college there? You know, at one time there were three. Uh, now, I would never have qualified it as a college town in the sense that we think of like Lawrence, Kansas. But one, um, there was a very respected Catholic college there, Marymount, that unfortunately I think suffered from funding cuts from the overall Catholic church. Yeah. And they got their plug pulled in the early 90s, about the time I went off to college. But I, I was taking like some advanced classes there, and I knew people in their art department. And um, um, some people might know the name Harley Elliott, reasonably well-known uh, regional poet was all, he's also a painter and he taught there he taught art there their music program was really highly respected um, not far from Salina is the town of Lindsberg where Bethany College colleges and they have always had a just strangely vibrant little uh, you know art and music programs in their school also in Salina there still is a Methodist college uh, called uh, um, Westland and they've been in they have always kind of been involved in the arts there, and then there's kind of an offshoot of K-State there, which is a little more tech and kind of a com- serves as a community college. Yeah. But there's still that that educational element to the town. Well, anytime you get college kids. Of any sort. And and people, and, and the other thing too, my theory, um, Salina was a, one of those towns that because they had little strange colleges like this, a lot of people in the 60s fled from the coast during the Vietnam War and rooted themselves in towns like Salina and brought something with them and never left. Uh, I mean, you can find probably instances that of all, you know, like there's a town in, in uh, Yellow Springs, Ohio, I think, where Antioch is. It's like you can blink and you've driven through it. And it's like it's just this hyper liberal artistic little college town that you know what what explains this you know there and I used to drive truck for a living so I got to kind of explore and you and you would similar things where it they they got us an influx kind of a shot in the arm in the 60s from a bunch of you know conscientious people and yeah. from the coasts and more urban centers and and they never left and Salina is I think was always enriched by that I mean I it was amazing how many the adults my parents knew when I was a kid growing up for like nobody was from their kind of circle of people hardly anybody was from there they were from New York or New Jersey or California and they were just really interesting fascinating people and I got to you know be the benefit of growing up around that nothing is wrong with the good uh, homegrown salt of the earth Kansans yeah. either by any means it was just kind of odd to That's grow a up in that perspective right yeah I mean they just brought a different I think more liberalizing you know cultural view certainly in my upbringing and but um so uh yeah there are things happening in that town and and uh, and uh a number of towns around kansas that you might not know and i you know i've done a lot of exploring over the years with places i read like i was telling you earlier i'm going to be doing a kind of a mini tour across kansas with this i've kind of got this unofficial project i've been building in collusion with Spartan Press that I've been calling the I-70 corridor 
and it's basically linking up, you know, any possible reading spot along I-70 from the easternmost regions of Missouri to the westernmost regions of Kansas, and because that's that's all I focus on with my publishing is I only do Kansas and Missouri writers yeah. primarily. Uh, there are people who become friends of Spartan and the store who've traveled through Kansas City and or some of us have gone on tour with that we've sort of made honorary heartlanders and published but I focus yeah I would say 99% of what I publish is are Kansas and Missourians and the the artwork that I use for the covers are also only Kansas and Missouri all, artists or photographers yeah. so there's just a lot of talent here and um for some reason, and I, I, I learned this over the years of, of touring and reading around the country, and I don't know why this is. I think it is changing, but um, small press culture is, is kind of disproportionately underrepresented here, even in St. Louis and Kansas City and urban centers. Now, that's not to denigrate anything uh, anybody's doing out there and has been for a while. There are presses, but I mean, it's, it's thick in other parts of the country, like you know, I was thinking back to a reading I did in Cleveland a couple of years ago, and eight people in the audience were all small press wow. people. That was just that one reading, you know, and then we were reading in like this anarchist bookstore and hard press place, and, and I've just, for whatever reason, I don't know why it hasn't become more of an actual visible culture here, but I mean, there are presses, but it's, that, it's a thing in other, you know, especially out east. I've noticed, but other parts of the country too. I mean, I'm, I'm friends with, you know, arguably hundreds of small presses. On why do you think that is? I don't know. Uh, I don't think Kansas and Missouri is any less literate. I don't think so. I don't. It's I don't. Like only getting easier to make books. Yeah, and uh, but I mean, I know I should say that you know, and what I'm talking about is, and once again, not to denigrate the work that university presses do, but I'm I'm talking about small press, uh, independent of. You know, either well, they're generally like you run yeah, by one, two yeah, people. Yeah, you know, independent of either some large corporate entity or a university. And um, you know, we have Bookmark Press here. We've got um, uh, uh, um, oh, who's the <laughs> Thirty Nine West? Well, Thirty Nine West, I would say they're they're real good friends of us. You know, and sort of co warriors in the cause. Um, they've done some books of our people and. Um, and he, uh, J, it's uh, J.D. Tulloch. He's gotten more of a nationwide focus and is not exclusively on poetry. But, I mean, he's done a lot of poetry. But he's, you know, there I would... And, and then uh, EM Pre, EMP Press, which was started by uh, uh, Esna Martin and Jeanette Powers. And they were kind of an offshoot of Prospero's, but now they're their own functioning entity, too. And, well, and Ez just moved and to it, Ohio, it, so... Yeah, but I would say, you know, it's it's still got at least one leg... In Kansas City, he might go, but the hell it does. But it started here. It's got roots here. But he, from the beginning, he and Jeanette both had a little bit more of a nationwide focus with the net they cast. I'm keeping my, for the time being, my blinders are, you know, Colby, Kansas to St. Louis. When did you come to Kansas City from Salina? Oh, boy, that's a long winding road. I, uh... I went on the via a few years Wichita. Went to Wichita State for a little while. Uh, did about a decade at KU and Lawrence. Was, man, they were handing out money in the '90s like candy. 
It was just like, what? You showed up for class. Here's another $1,200. You know, whatever you want to say about Bill Clinton. Uh, and, that, you know, those were, those were grants, man. They were. And so I just, I milk. I turned into about 10 years and, and nothing to show for it. Maybe that's that 10 years I'm trying to, that's right, you're to trying recoup, to recoup man. Now. I read a Pay lot of books. Chased a lot of college girls. As a buddy of mine, uh, Chris Cunningham, he said, what you, know, what'd you major in at KU? I majored in the Sin City Disciples, which was one of the big hometown hero bands yeah. of, of the day. And, but, uh, no, I don't consider that time ill-spent at all, which you know, breaks my heart to see people on the national stage say kids don't need college. I mean, not everybody has to choose the path I did, which was just majoring in college, <laughs> you know, and uh, I was... I uh, got a few degrees. Tried I was a few degrees. Just talking to somebody about this, like it I changed think my you life. Need liberal arts. It changed absolutely. I don't know you if do. you need to go to college to get a job. Right? No, I, I don't. That, it, well, you know what I would encourage uh, youngsters to do today, which I should have done, but I just, you know, my wiring, even now, slightly more sane and mature. I mean, what was I going to do? I, I I have no head for economics. Of that scale, I mean, I can balance my checkbook now at forty-five, and uh, you know, uh, computers were—they were, were a thing. Obviously, we ain't that old, but uh, I, you know, I had no head for any of that. I wanted to be a, a you know, first I wanted to be a musician and then a scholar of some sort, some sort of academia, and I thought I wanted to be historian for a long time, and. Uh, I think it was some of the most valuable years of my life. I, you know, I wouldn't use me as a model of decision making <laughs> for some of that. <laughs> but I mean, uh, somebody with a little bit more discipline and, uh, uh, you know, a little uh, more focus, get a marketable degree. But while you're there, get a degree in history. Get a degree in the arts. Do, well, I mean, why wouldn't you? I, I think that's where... We're, we're, it seems like we're, we're cutting ourselves off. It's, it's this, this sort of binary thinking, yeah. one or the other. And I'm like, and especially if you're like one of those type of people who has the benefit of either, you know, mom and dad funding or you're smart enough to get scholarship. It's like, I didn't want to get out in four. No, that wasn't going to happen anyway. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're just I'm justifying. Just, all. I'm just like I like this. I like this college thing, you know. And I I take classes that have nothing to do with my degrees, you know. And and uh, you know why are you taking sculpture classes? Because I get to play with an arc welder and an acetylene torch. Why wouldn't you know? Are you crazy? And the people you meet and the professors and like, oh yeah, uh, there's going to be a party over at William Burroughs' house later. You want to come? You know. And I mean, it's invaluable. I mean, I, I had, you know, my mom was an artist. My father was a liberal arts major. Um, so I came somewhat primed for that, and I was a fairly bookish lad. And you, so your parents didn't at all push you, like, hey, go to school, get a job. No, like, hey, no, go they got liberal arts degrees. I mean, yeah. they got degrees in the time when you went off to college in the 50s and 60s to expand your mind, learn to presumably think critically and then if you get something that is marked my mom was a journalism degree yeah. she worked in papers for a little while my dad, dad was kind of nut it was uh, english music and military science 
you know, and he was ROTC and just immediately went to the Marines for five years and came back and stepped into the failing family business, which was a planing mill that he had to kind of pick up. Whip and in a shape. And then that, then that fell apart and they sold it off. And, my, you know, my parents are, you know, lower middle class, you know, at least by, of course, by Kansas City means, but they valued, you know, they were coupon cutters. They were... My dad's a clothes horse. He likes to go shopping and places and has like my my dad has three closets. Oh, my mom has one shit, sad little closet. And they're they're like we're literally the family that goes, I paid two dollars for this. Fool, I paid one fifty for these. You know, that's our family. And you know, and somehow my parents look good, dapper, you know. I'm the I kind of apple fell a little far from the tree and fashion wise, uh, with me, but uh, I am a I am a a convenience store uh thrift store junkie you know aside from underwear and socks everything I, else know, is second hand hell yeah man <laughs> did you uh so did you live in lawrence that whole time you're going to ku yeah you yeah there? it was uh early 90s to late 90s and i came up here probably 97 98 right as the bookstore opened and i just wandered in one day i was just about to ask that's yeah. how you got a feeling wandered in one in? day and uh by that time, I'd already published a couple of books of poetry that were anthologies. I mean, the way I started or was involved with a press in Lawrence was called Mean and Evil. And uh, we literally pooled our money to do anthologies. You know, we kind of had this great gang of us that, you know, partially sprung out of, you know, some of us that, you know, were, went through the ringer of a handful of creative writing classes together. And then some people who weren't necessarily affiliated with university you know some kind of the old you know there's a lot of like you know old hippies and 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 beats in lawrence that have been yeah. there forever and you know i'd inevitably i had you know i did i hung with like that kind of secondary william burroughs crowd i built a couple of water garden ponds for him he pinched my ass at a party that was nice you know bony old man just, that's a great story yeah that's my uh, that's, <laughs> that's my, your that's my 15 thing? seconds that's my thing. He wanted to find out if, how tender versus firm I was, I think. And, uh, it just depends on which cheek. Bring bring him back to the compound, James. You know, and I get this kind of, whoa, and then what the, and he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, the amount of people that I could go on and on, and I will if you buy me whiskey above the people I met at the Burroughs house just being there, either servicing the, the ponds when I was still doing the water garden pond thing, or just at parties there. I mean, Al Jorgensen... Kurt Cobain, Steve Buscemi, you know, of course I was like hiding, <laughs> you know, like, hey, come over and me, no, 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 I'm just gonna, you know, I heard I missed Tom Waits by like a, a day, him oh. and David Cronenberg were there, like, it's like the day before, like, ah, oh, two more people I could have cowered in fear from, but, uh, yeah, so I was up here for a couple of years, that's when I first got involved with the store, I, that's when I first started kind of experimenting with the, the staple stuff and did a, a couple of annual series of, of, of poets and what do we call that the flip book series or something like that because we kind of we'd angle them so you'd flip them vertically as opposed to yeah. the you know, butter, horizontal uh, butterfly and we probably did 30 of those 36 of those over a three year period and then I went back to KU in like 2001 and was there for another three years went back to school tried to you know get everything in order again failed again and uh came back here so i've kind of hopped back and forth like two times but you know once again i don't 
I, I think it was the people I met, the books I was exposed to, the movies, you know, the cinema, you know, that just was one of my favorite things, you know, I th presumably KU still does of their fall and spring summer series of, you know, when would I have seen, you know, French cinema otherwise? I mean, even Damn, with a really, relatively inquiring mind. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, not, and it, well, it was free. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, you know, they Lawrence has always had, you know, Liberty Hall, and that's, you know, as much an art cinema as it is anything else, and I th see things like that, too. But, uh, you know, the fact that I was exposed to so much and given the opportunity to meet people and like, take classes and, you know, go to professors' houses for late-night bullshit sessions and, and, and meet some of these traveling academics and sometimes celebrities, and it's like, man, you know, that's... Well, it's the old the commercial price tag, invaluable, or whatever what is that? Is it like yeah. the, the credit card commercial? Uh, you know, yeah, I uh, I incurred some debt, but there are people I think who have would be a little bit more sober and savvy who could take advantage of this type of experience without some of the <laughs> missteps I took. Yeah, you for know. sure. What do you think the biggest or Technology aside, I guess, what's the biggest difference between what's happening in literature and the lit scene in Kansas City now versus late 90s, early aughts? Um, well, the access to publishing is, has been uh, game-changing, you know, to use a very worn-out, cliched term, you know. Uh, it's moved the post uh, significantly. In fact, it's... Uh, we couldn't afford to do books like we're doing now um, without <clears throat> the benefactors we had. And we usually had to buy in such large bulk, you know, that we'd get like an order of 2,000 copies of a single title. Whoa. Or something close to that, you yeah. know, like uh, to just knock it down to, you know, an affordable cost uh, per unit. Uh, that's changed radically. I mean, a lot of the companies now that are make themselves available to people, they're 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 pay on demand. But a lot of them more, they they become a little more attuned to aesthetics and customer service. And you know, you're it's just as possible the book you're holding in your hand could be a product of of a lightning source or CreateSpace or Ingram Spark, and you wouldn't even know it because a lot of it is. You know, they're as good as what you bring to the table. Right. Which um, I've trained myself over the last couple of years to be a decent layout guy. Um, I need, like, final, you know, polish and cleanup by, you know, people like Jeanette and uh, JD from 31. They, they do a lot of, like, tweaking and fine-tuning for me. But I do, I'd say 90% of the the grunt work of laying these books out and editing them. But I'll farm the stuff out I can't do. But these are skills now that people younger than us have with, like, Christ, Will's 13-year-old kid now can, like, I published my first book. I'm doing my own movie now. It's like, what? Precocious bastard. But, uh, you know, um, it's, it's not this intimidating, unassailable, monolithic thing that I think people still think it is. And I think that to kind of come full circles why you don't see as much of the small press culture here 
is that I think people think it's this. I mean, I, <laughs> Brandon Whitehead has this joke about talking to some other uh, local poet, uh, and she was thought that like we had a building and a warehouse and an office and a secretary and Brandon's like no <laughs> and I was like, you don't understand it's one or two people and their cell phone and uh, you know it's like that's it you know I, I don't I don't have an office this is my office this bag you know I've got I've got another computer so, you know an old clunker that I still use for a lot of you know my basic layout and editing and wherever that thing is that's my that's office I uh, yeah, it's like you know. I try to I try to project a certain veneer of of, of professionalism and <laughs> if not corporateness, but uh, man, it's it's a uh, it's a small punk rock label. You have a book that you put out that you're most proud of. Are they all kind of your babies? Um, yeah, you know that man. That's I, I've never been able to answer one of those questions. You know, who's your favorite band? What's your favorite song? It depends you on know, the day. Of the which, week, yeah, but... you know. Uh, yeah, there's been a handful of them as of late, uh, actually, that I've been carrying around with me, just reading in, in while I've been here visiting in KC, and I'd say they're all out in the last four months or so. Uh, you know, uh, Karen Miriam Goldberg is former poet laureate of Kansas. Her uh, did her latest called "Following the Curve." Um, good uh, friend of mine from back, I was actually back in the old days at KU together, and his name's Stephen Johnson. He's a professor at KU. This is his first book. I mean, I, I kind of I'd call him every five, six years. Or when are we gonna do one? Like, ah. I finally just beat on him enough, and it's it's just it's amazing uh, work. Uh, a woman named Annette uh, Billings. She's out of Topeka. She's actually I think published a number of books on her own. It's her first book with us. Uh, this one I'm really impressed with. Uh, his first book as well, Joseph Anthony David, has been reading with us for probably since the beginning of our open mic series, which is almost as old as the store. I mean, with the pit, what we named it. Um, you know, last year, November, was Prospero's 20th anniversary, and the pit is almost as old, and so it's arguably one of the longest running series in Kansas City. Now, it's had some moments where we shut it down for a while, yeah. we brought it back, but um, Joseph has been with us from the beginning, and his his first collection is called Black Lives Matter and Other Poems, and it's it's powerful, man. I mean, it's it's an amazing book. I mean, and so it's very... Yeah, these are just a handful of I've been walking around with. Melvin Litton's from The Bone. Melvin is from Lawrence. Uh, he's got a, a, a country band, kind of this gothic leathery old bunch of guys um and he's uh, also a fairly prolific novelist he's got a handful of books that are kind of magical realist uh things really really odd stuff and his first collection and melvin's probably 60 and uh it's just an amazing i mean it's just chewy sort of cormac mccarthy-esque language and you know a lot of these they do capture i would say the region that's damn you know, a, but some of them don't necessarily, what makes, which is fine. What because, makes a regional well, author? What is that? What, I don't know. I don't if know. you were to see it, would you say this person is from the Midwest? Uh, you, you know, okay, that? you know what? Reading Melvin, probably. Reading, you know, Denise Lowe is also a former poet laureate. Um, you're never going to mistake their styles. I mean, that's one of the things I've been proudest about what Spartan's done 
is none of our poets, you know, I can't really say what our voice is uh, other than, you know, I usually have some kind of de facto weak, you know, I try to publish poetry that works on the page as well as I love. Yeah, yeah, man. Okay, whatever. Everybody said it wants to do, you know, it's like, uh, I, you know, I still stand behind that. I mean, a lot of the people I have published are people I heard first and then, you know, are heard over the years and have known for a number of years. And before publishing was even a possibility for us. So I've known there, I've had their voices and I've got, but you know, you, you know, there's some people you hear, and, you know, I've always thought this about your quality of your work too, is it's like, you know, man, I need that. I need that alone with a book in front of me and quiet time under a tree. You know, it's, 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 I'm getting half of it. I know there's more, you know, and that's what I would, I would say with, you know, someone who I might've only known formally is in a performance capacity there's obvious uh, of a more you know literary meta element to it and then i would say the same thing about people that who have only read that i go man i could hear this so that's the sweet spot i aim for on top of that the next layer would be their take on the region but you know you're not necessarily going to pick up all of our books and go man this person is clearly a midwesterner but i'd say it's in there in some form or another you know the the, the everybody's got at least one foot in the pig shit what do you hope for Spartan. with this scene in kansas city not only just publishing but your own work um well you know it's funny i kind of whenever i follow social media commentary and critique about the Kansas City scene it seems to be seems to be kind of insecure about itself in ways that I don't see in other parts of the country too and it there's really no explanation for it in my opinion because I think you know if I had to take its rectal temperature I think it's better than people are I mean I think a lot of people they don't have they don't have realistic expectations we're peddling poetry man I mean I've always I've always kind of jokingly put the poet culturally somewhere between you know civil worrying actor and a ham radio operator you know or or you know the guy out on the beach with his metal detector it's like that's who we are in some you know some you know as far as uh, cultural status you know and being somewhat facetious but man we're pushing poetry i mean most people don't want to read novels most people don't want to read magazines you know um so think about that, you know, and, and um, uh, our model is very dependent on our poets getting out there and hitting the road and pushing themselves. I mean, I don't have a lot of, aside from a fairly sizable social network, you know, email lists, I do have the benefit of a brick-and-mortar store, and I've established contacts with other book-and-mortar book stores around the country that will carry our books, but it's like, Man, you get a check for six ninety five every now and then, or seventeen dollars. Like I don't remember having any books in, you know, Idaho. It's like that's ten years ago. You know that kind of thing. It was like finally, you know, somebody, and uh, that's how it's done. And I think Kansas City, it's a lot better off than I think some people think it is. I mean, there's a ton of talent here. You know, there's what this is one of the local TV stations is doing a daily. 
daily, dude. It's daily. The whole month of April. Which Poetry is people. Pretty amazing. The local, they're, they're doing a different poet every day and a feature. And I'm like, what? And, you know, there's a there's multiple reading series happening. Or, you know, just like I'm, to go back to my hometown of Salina, they've got a 30-year-old poetry reading series they do every poetry month. That they bring in big guns and, you know, poet laureates to this little town in Kansas. And that's happening there. And then, you know, Lawrence says, you know, got their their thing going on, and and uh, and I, you know, I see Lawrence and KC very much as kind of you know satellites of each other, and I, I naturally include them, you know, in my algorithm. I would, but uh, yeah. I think I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what people's expectations are. I mean, yeah, man, you know, we did a reading here last week, and there were five people. That's the way it goes. Sometimes, you know, a town before I was in Cape Girardeau, there were 40 people. They don't know me, you know? So it wasn't like the strength of my personality or my poetry. They just, the cards were right. The planets were That's aligned. Right. The weather was the, not you too know, bad. Whatever it was, we weren't <laughs> up against KU versus somebody, or in that case, Mizzou versus somebody. It's like, you know, the various factors that go into play. And uh, it's just, it's just everyday you know, I keep lapsing into these horrible cliches of just getting up, putting the boots on, putting the work gloves on, and digging. That's, you know, and every now and then you get the the moment of... Well, you're you know, making books like nobody's business, man. Well, you know, but I'm, it's still dependent on... It's pretty amazing how The much. author's got to go out and do the real heavy lifting. Speaking of going out, <laughs> where's your... You've got quite a few dates coming up. Mm, yeah, I'm, it's, it's all part of my kind of my I-70 plan um to go back to that again i'm like i've been trying to establish contacts up and down i-70 throughout missouri and kansas since those are my kind of my focal zones and uh you know a number of these places are already established before i came along and uh but i'm just linking them all and i'm also ultimately linking that with friends of ours who come in from around the country who wanted, where do I go? Yeah. Especially some of these groups we know, who they, they managed to take a, be able to get on the road for a week or more. And I'm like, we got a friend of ours coming in from Pittsburgh, Jason Baldinger, who's going to be, we set him up here, uh, Salina and St. Louis, just through these contacts. And it this is starting, it's starting to solidify more into a thing where I'm hoping like maybe I'll just, I get a subdivision of the, the Spartan website, which thank you again for putting together for us, uh, and have a you know I seventy corridor with the contact points up and down. So you know on the Kansas side, you know KCK, Lawrence, you dip down an hour and a half, you get Pittsburgh, uh, Topeka, Manhattan, dip down a little, you got Emporia. Um, I'm going to be reading. I'm doing Emporia, Salina. Concordia, McPherson, Hutch, Lindsberg, then back. And I'm probably going to be doing Lawrence in early May before I head back out to the farm. So, um, Where can people find your schedule for where you're going to read it? What's <laughs> the best way to see that info? Um, you know, that the means they got to be friends with me on Facebook and tolerate all my crazy left-wing reposting politicking. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I do have a Jason Reberg page that I just don't upkeep very well. I'm, Jeanette's been trying to 
prod and poke me into doing more of this. Um, I generally make personal contact with a person in every one of these places, and I will create a Facebook event page with them as co-host and administrator um, so they can spread it around their area. I mean, I don't know anybody. In the Do person. you have a personal website that you keep? No, uh, I'm going, that's one of my goals for uh, 2018 is I probably need to do something like that. Not that there's this high demand for my product, but uh, yeah, you know, if you're going to be up trying to do this game, it's probably to your, only to your best interest to have, I mean, they say, a lot of people say, ah, websites are dead, blog spots are dead. I'm like, we've heard that about books. I've heard that about a lot of things. I mean, yeah, at the very least, it's like, where are you going to be? Where can I... That's it. You know? Uh, here's who I am. Here's what I've written. You know, here's where I'm going to read. Sample a few things here and there. Yeah, it's, I just... That's an area I, I, I'm, I'm very underskilled in in building myself, so it's I, um, I need to start doing it because I've... I've kind of made a promise to myself this next year and, you know, the foreseeable future, I'm going to try to do a lot more touring and public reading, you know, especially, if, you know, this little mini tour I'm actually doing, almost every one of them is a community college. Yeah. That, um, <clears throat> uh, they don't get a lot of speakers necessarily and not that i'm anybody of any stature but they were kind of like well that's interesting sure let me talk to my director blah 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 and they get back to me in 48 hours They're like yeah let's 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 do that it's like great you know i'm gonna be in the area anyway you know it's like and every one of these places is no more than about an hour and a half from my folks place which i'm gonna be visiting for the bulk of the month and then just kind of using that as sort of a pivotal pivot point for this little thing and i you know at the very least what i'm gonna hopefully come back with is sell a few books, meet people. I mean, that's, you know, I get to meet people, you know, and say hi to them and, and uh, you know, meet other poets. I mean, that's another thing, too. I get to headhunt, you that's know. Right. It's like find out, well, I'll, you know, this person isn't on social media. How would I ever know them? And they've never been published before. And a couple of the books I'm doing this year are, are people like that that I've met through some situation where they saw me read. And uh, we just started talking over coffee or drinks, and like, man, your stuff's good. You know, you got a manuscript, that, you know. And as a matter of fact, I do. Thunk. <laughs> yeah, <bring it. laughs> Here you go. And they don't even know I'm a publisher, really. It's just uh, so. Yeah, I see these. You know, and ideally, if I can come back with a few pennies more than what I left with, I consider it a good day. It's, a it's win, like man. a little vacation of sorts. And and I like the. You know, I drove a truck for eight years and. And I got to see a lot of, you know, backroads America and, and, you know, underbelly America even and, and just the side roads and the, you know, small towns and, and interesting things. And, you know, this is vacation for me, man. And I get to go up and, you know, spew my poetry to hopefully a reasonably entertained audience. Hope maybe sell a few books, come back, and uh, maybe with some new Facebook friends and email contacts of like well you know i've got these other spartan poets that are thinking about doing the same thing yeah you know one of these towns she person i contacted she owns a coffee house there that's in this old giant victorian home that they converted into uh i think upstairs is residential but downstairs is this coffee place and it's got gigantic veranda and they want to start doing an open mic series of some sorts there and i just happened to call them and they're like well, maybe I can be your guinea pig. 
and I'm going to be having traveling with a couple of other uh, poets from that region. And uh, who knows? Maybe that becomes a, you know, if not monthly, it becomes quarterly. Yeah. And if it, from quarterly, it becomes, you know, and I can, I know enough of my poets plus our friends from out of town who, you know, here's, try these guys, man. They were responsive to me, and I'm a hooligan, you know. So uh, I think, you know, there's hunger out there for it, you know, especially if somebody has a little performance panache. That doesn't hurt by any means. But uh, uh, there's people out there, just they don't, they don't really have this get dropped down to, into their living room and uh, trying to do the same thing on the Missouri side, too. So it's, and it's Keep a, it up, man. Yeah. So, Jay, thanks for your time today. Absolutely. And that was Jason Reberg. I'd like to thank Jason for his time. You can find him online at Facebook and not many other places. I'd like to thank you for listening once again. I'd like to thank Is You Is or Is You Ain't for the music. I'd like to thank the weather in Kansas City for... Being below freezing in April, being almost 90 in April, maybe we'll get some uh, fish raining from the sky, maybe the ground will bubble up gummy bears, you never know what you're going to find here. Have a fantastic day.